0: So with then Diablo, so it's an NPSL team, right? Um, I'm I'm going to be very, you know, transparent and honest about it. You know, good, great. We won a national championship in 2021, but it's 2023 now. For the players that are returning, for the players that want to try out, for the players that have ambitions, they're going to come into an environment with the GM and a technical director, with the coaching staff, with, with the back office, that if we do what we need to do and follow a formula that I think we should follow and that the ownership supports and... You know, logistically, it's done correctly. Well, be competitive. We will have people looking at our players for the next level. I mean, you have to also have a network as a coach, too, to be able to offer those opportunities or as a GM or as a technical director. These players here, they're good. Can we offer a pathway? We can. You know, we've had players go to MLS. We've had players that go play professional overseas. I think that, again, the ambitions of the club have to be reflected through um, they do the coach, myself, the GM, and technical director. I want to win a national championship, and I also want some guys to get a look at playing pro because I want us to do well. If we stick to a methodology and a tactical formula, we'll do very well. We are, and probably, arguably, in my opinion, one of the most competitive conferences there are. Everyone's big game, you know? We get the star on top of our crest for a reason.
1: All right, guys, we're back first episode post united soccer coaches convention we have a very special guest it's mr brad namdar gm of denton diablo's newly appointed and uh brad and i actually go back we took a coaching course together a few years back that's right but it's been a while it's been a while it's been a while so why don't you fill everyone in on your life and uh where you've been the past few years
0: all right. Sure. Yeah. No life right now. Um, I'm the GM and technical director of the Denton Diablos and the NPSL. It's a lot of fun. Um, man, it, it's been a lot of years, the coaching clinic. That had been like, that like 10 years ago. Yeah. 10, yeah.
1: Ten, 10, 10 hard. Ten we're hard the years. only, we're the only college kids in that course, by the way. That's
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that one. So, so a little bit about the background. Yeah. Um, I love soccer, man. I grew up, you know, in Collin County, Plano, playing club like everybody else did, you know, ODP, all that stuff. Um, Kicked, you know, footballs at Plano West. Um, I was all right enough to, you know, play one year at Texas Tech under Mike Leach. Um, You know, I was on on the team, but I was behind a guy who was, like, setting history every time he kicked an extra point. Like, he he didn't (laughs) miss it four years, so... You know, then after that, you know, I missed soccer a lot. I missed fo- they kicked
1: a lot of extra points in that they time. They did, yeah. You know, hella touchdowns.
0: Yeah, like Alex Chalika. you know, shout out to him. He was a guy, man, just nailing the field goals in. But, um, you know, it was cool being there, you know, for a year, you know, and all that stuff, winning a bowl game and then coming to SMU. Um, I knew Coach, you know, Hyman. He was there at the time, and, and I got there. And then two weeks later, he, he went to FC Dallas. And then, um, you know, so I graduated from SMU, played football at SMU, Um Really, just jumped into coaching. I loved coaching soccer. It was, just, it was totally different. You know, we went to clinic together. And um, in 2010, I became the FC Dallas Estagió, which is a coaching apprentice under Shells Hyman, Oscar Pareja. You know, and those guys. So, how did that come about? It, so, um, so I, I knew Shells from you know the club days going up, and then when he was at SMU, and when I made my transfer SMU, that's when he took the job to FC Dallas. And, you, you know, you keep in touch with the coaches and stuff. And, you know, I, I mean, I realized very quickly, you know, I was probably going to be a better coach than a player. I mean, so I, I remember I emailed him, you know, hey, I'd love to do a coaching internship. And, you know, he first said, no, it's not so they have as much. And then, like, you know, I emailed again. And, you know, we met and he said, okay, you know what, let's get this thing going. And so through SMU, um, our journalism program, we created a, a – you had to get – Back then, now it's like I think you have to pay, be paid for internships plus credit hours. Back then, it was just like if you get an internship, we'll give you credit hours. So, so you actually yeah. did get credit
1: for school from that. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So we got
0: yeah, I got three credit hours doing it. Um, and what was your major? Uh, broadcast journalism. So I had to do a, like a weekly post about like what it was like being behind the scenes. You know, mm. with, you know as the Estagio because. Um, it's kind of hard to push, you know, journalism with this opportunity to work. I was gonna the, say they want to keep things kind of tight. Kind of tight, that, yeah. You know? And so, but it was the best experience ever because you know you got to learn from two legendary, you know, um, coaches from at FC Dallas and beyond. And you know, um, Shellis and Oscar they hold a lot of a lot of people's hearts, and they also are very good people. So you know, um, it was it, I learned so much in that year. Then after that, got my master's. Um I went and studied dispute resolution conflict management and I was the SMU men's soccer director of operations. And mind you during this whole time I also was coaching at St. Marks, uh, the Varsity Boys uh, associate head coach head coach of 8th grade boys Cooper Fitness Center, you know, like you know just as much coaching as I could and going to school at the same time. And cuz today I kind of feel like sometimes coaches or even GMs or you know technical directors it's it's hard to break through, but back then, like ten years ago, it's like the more work you do, the more like you know, the more educate, coaching education you do, the more opportunities you get. So I was always just soaking it all up and learning. And um, being director of operations is totally different than coaching on the field. You have to do so much logistical work. You have to do you know the grunt work, as I always say. Um, you also you know make sure the other team gets their DVDs after the match. Make sure the you know just operations. So you learn a lot from that too. And after that, went coached, you know, a year in a uh, DISD at a high school and I, was ta- I taught finance and accounting and the bureaucracy was just it was just, it was just un- uninspiring at times. But I mean, the kids are great. Don't get uh, me wrong. Yeah, the students are awesome. But I mean, exactly what you to well, it was good to get the experience of coaching in high school. But at the same time, you know, um, I think there's always, you know, more, you know, yeah. Yeah, as any coach would tell you, there's always they, they wish they could do more. And then I went after that to Mountain View College, where I was the head man's and women's coach for the college program there. And they were NJCAA NJ, the program. And, man, they, the facilities out they there were gorgeous. I mean, great, great, great potential to do some really great things. And then after that, I was 26 at the time, and I started my own home decor and candle company randomly, you know. Did that one because I took a break from the well, I took a break for the game for a little bit. And, yeah. Just needed you know, a reset, huh? Yeah, I need a reset. And then, you know, after that, went and kept growing the art to an art company, you know. Um, tried to run for office. Then after that, you know, I'm here. And I'm excited to see – you know, be back in the game because it tugs at your heart. You want to get back in the game. And yeah. you want to, you know, do it. And, and at this time, it's exciting. You know, we have the World Cup coming soon, so – um, and being able to be a GM and technical director of a national championship NPSL team is, is, is good, but this is a lot of responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. You want to chime in
1: Evan?
2: I do. I'm just interested. So the, <laughs> so the, so the candle and you art. You dec-
1: like you wanted to jump in. So well, I'm yeah, no, I kind of got it. Cause
2: so just like the candle art decor company, I guess what kind of, what made you jump into that? And then what, like, cause you said coming back into the sport, it was like tugging at your heart. What, I guess, was like the final thing that got you back out of that?
0: All right. So, here's the story. I feel like I said it a million times, but I'm going to say it again. For you. So, here it is. So, I got stressed out. So, my, like, okay, as an undergrad to my master's program, I got mad because I would go to Walmart and I'd buy candles. And, like, you know, when the wicks die, but there's a lot of wax still left over? Mm. Well, I'm like, well, why don't I there's just. So much like, wasted candle. Yeah, in. exactly. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. it's like, you know, seven ninety nine per, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I was like, whatever. I remember third grade, so I melted, you know, the the wax and I like poured in a cup and I put a wick in and I was like, this is really therapeutic, you know. So it was like my secret little hobby, like making frankincense and like lemon and stuff. But imagine coaching and doing all the stuff I was doing; it's a lot of stress. So I had like 500 candles. Like by the time you know, I was I was at Mountain View College and a friend of mine and my my wife's my wife now and she was you know my girlfriend at the time. was like, you need to sell these. Like I mean, it's in the cabinets above the you know yeah. the stove everywhere. So. Went to a farmer's market and we sold out in two hours. Um, there's a showroom in the World Trade Center that signed me and they kind of they help you. It's kind of like an agent, you know, to help get mm. you in stores. But yeah, no, it was just based mainly on me making the candles. And, you know, I mean, shout out to my candles, you know, not Decor, we, we slay, we're doing really good. Like, our burn time is amazing. Um, I've, dude, I could talk so much go candle ahead and stuff. Plug that candle company, Brad. Yeah, exactly. Got to plug it in there. But no, it's, you know, we made it to Neiman Marcus, you know? That's better. We made it to a bunch of retail stores. We made it to Horchow on our art line. We signed with Formula One. I mean, we did a bunch of cool things with our art line, too. But, it just, but it's also, I think, coaching helped with that because I got competitive. Yeah. I would go look at other candles and be like, you're garbage, you know? Or I'd be <laughs> like, look at the bottom where it's made, you know? So you, so the coaching aspect of it actually helps so much in business. Yeah. Because you want to always like get to the next get to the next level instead of goal. And, so and then it's still going
2: right now. the yeah, company still going. Yeah, it's
0: still going. I mean, it's going. You know, it's it's. It, it, but it was not easy. I mean, I I got dog fighting days. The decor industry. Um, I mean, as 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 gangster as that sounds or doesn't sound. <laughs> you know that you know even with art you know they're like that pantone blue ain't right and i'm like yes it is you know (laughs) on that painting you know but you know but it's it's a lot of fun but what tugged at my heart the most i i would say was that um you know i've always i've always wanted to get back into it it's it wasn't permanent you know it was a temporary kind of thing that i got competitive with and the business was going and going and going and going but there's a certain point where you kind of feel that calling as well you know i'm 34. So um, I said, you know, let's get, you know, this opportunity does not happen like this every time I I met with Mr. Hitchcock and, you know, we chatted and they, they asked if I wanted to take this responsibility. So that's also what really got me back in it because, you know, these opportunities do not come often. So I had to jump on it.
1: Yeah. It seems like you're kind of a, a jack of all trades almost like you just kind of, you touch on a lot of different things. Like you got into coaching at first and you were, you're dabbling in the coaching but it seems like your mindset was always on the operational side of things. Would um,
0: you would you agree to that? Well, it's still with coaching. You know, I think that what ha- what, what makes a good coach and it versus, you know, when you have a GM and a technical director, right? And I didn't know, understand the concept of technical director until I was at FC Dallas and until we got Barry Gorman and he was the, the technical director in the shelves. and you would learn that methodology and the way of playing is different, you know, they they had coach is putting together a team that's based upon what the technical director gets, right? And what they work out. And usually you have to have a very good relationship with the coach and the technical director. If not, it's miserable, right? Yeah. So that's the coaching side of the mind that goes there. The GM side of the mind that's there is, well, okay, I've seen how to operate a program. I've seen what it's like to do with international trade and commerce, what it's like to do with you know negotiating business contracts from the business side of things, um, logistical side. As well, so I mean, all those experience, you know, put it there, But I'm always a coach at heart. Like that's, you know, yeah, that, that, that's the thing. But it's offered me the opportunity to be a GM because of those additional experiences. But definitely, oh man, from the first days at FC Dallas, from being passionate with Oscar Perea and Shels Hyman, and sitting, bro, sitting on the sidelines against Inter Milan when we played them in twenty like 2010, we tied them two two. That was the sickest oh, that, that, that experience game. ever. Yeah, I mean, watching
1: it, Coutinho play as a youngster. Yeah, unreal. it was it was crazy. I remember Etto scored so on us good. dirty. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, well, but we tied two two. Man, sitting on the bench, you know, with with the yeah, guys. That's and amazing. I, you know, and, and Jose Mourinho was my idol, and I was like, oh my god. When I found out we're playing Inter, I'm like, I'm gonna meet I'm gonna meet my idol. And then he went to Real Madrid, mm-hmm. like right before. So it was terrible. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It
1: was rough. So I want to go back to like just your your whole experience at FC Dallas because I mean that's a huge opportunity to yeah. get and and like we talked about before it's not like clubs are just going to open their doors to a volunteer, basically, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like it was an internship for you. You got credit for it. Um, but they didn't have to do that for you. You know what I mean? And, and so like,
0: I guess. That was extremely lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And we had to, but it was a lot of work too. Like the internship then turned into, you know, getting paid and doing camps and doing clinics with the first team guys. And, um, but you just I mean, i d I'm telling you it's twelve hours a day, you know, the summertime minimal. You yeah. know, out there. Um, with the Academy after class, everyday SMU. Go drive to Frisco and be there until ten thirty at night, then drive back. So it was it was a it was an it was an internship that, but it was an estagio that turned into, you know, more opportunities of working with the pro team and the academy. Like I literally was walking up here and One of my, you know, former players from the academy, Ruben Luna, texted me. Yeah. You know, so I do keep in uh, in touch with them. And he signed, you know, with the first team. Went back in 20, I want to say 2010, I think. Yeah. 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 yeah, Oh yeah, he's good. He's good. And then Victor Yuloa was also there. And Moises Hernandez signed. Um, then Brian Leva was the first one who signed. So it was an exciting time to just work with the academy too. Yeah, you know. Um, but you're right; the opportunities are well, not because like
1: that. at that time you were young, like you're a college kid. Yeah. You, you. I think that was was that before you took your D course, that was the it. the course that we took together.
0: That was actually like the same time. That okay. summer, so it's going like, in. I mean, you. Yeah, you, I was you're with Barely getting
1: even licensed as a coach, and and it's not like you have a whole lot of coaching experience. You played football in college, so it's like. Th- those the way that everything just just kind of came together for you at that time, like I mean that's that's invaluable. Like it's created so many more opportunities for you along the way.
0: And I think they should do more of that. In the MLS, yeah. absolutely. You know, I've learned something in life through soccer as well. Um, you, you learn that the the, the the good people that are successful that. Um, and, and deserve success. They're the ones that are not afraid to give opportunities to others from whether they're players to coaches, to, to, to other members of, you know, administration of the club. Um, cause you know, I mean, everyone has haters. There's haters out there for everybody, but you know, I mean, you're right. They didn't have to do it, but yeah. also, um, when we took the course together, you're right. You know, I mean, I did play, you know, ODP, I played a semester of college, you know, and all this stuff, but, in reality, right? You know, I, I, I was very fortunate to be able to. I, I okay. When I had the pressure cover balance defensive drill, I go to I go and I'm and I'm, not, I'm not joking. I go and I'm talking to Shellis about my you know assignment that I have to do pressure cover balance. Oscar. And Oscar, then I remember there was one moment when someone I can't I'm not gonna say who because I was arguing. They flipped over the book and they point on the side. It says authored by. And it has their name on it. The person who I was talking with about really? pressure, cover, balance. <laughs> so that's like you know, sacable, like one of yeah. those moments, like just like there it is. And so yeah, I, it's. But I do think the MLS and the USL One teams, you know, and those those probably should definitely do that more for coaches. I think yeah. it's, you know, you're right. We took the same level of courses, but you know, um, that opportunity shapes you forever. You yeah, know, sure. but you, and you learn so much. Though, and like, I mean,
1: those those two names right there, Shella Hyman, Oscar Brea, like they've backed you from that time, you know? Like, this quote that that was in your press release when you got announced as the GM technical director for Denton Diablos from Shell Assignment. You know, I've known Brad for many years, his knowledge of the game, passion for the game, hard work, uh, ethic will be a tremendous asset for the club. Oscar Pereja, you know, I've known Brad for many years, all the way back to my days when he assisted me at our FC Dallas Academy. It's only a kick. A jump
0: a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans,
1: after all it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas, always reliable, smart, dedicated, doing everything he could to help our team, club, players, coaches, great signing, like words like that man, like, that, that goes
0: a long way from, it hits from people home. like that. It, yeah. it, it's, it's humbling, and it, 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 it hits home. Those are the type of people I talked about are, like, good people that want to give opportunities. But also, be honest with you, not a lot of people would go and say, hey, you know, I'd like to, you know, you have to, if you see an opportunity in life, you have to take it, you know, and, and say, hey, I want, I want to learn, I want to learn. And, and I really do believe that that culture has to still exist. Or else, you know, the U.S. soccer is held back a lot. Yeah, you know,
2: in the in your time there, I guess when it was kind of with the internship, and obviously you were getting like credits with the school, is it kind of like unpaid type of thing? It, oh, yeah. yeah. See, and that's that's why, and that's why I feel like we're getting like kind of at right now in society with like internships and whatnot. Because even like the internship like I did in college, it was for criminal justice and stuff like that. But it's like those ones like it was very valuable to do all that stuff, but getting paid was never in the discussion. Right. And then I feel like nowadays it's like everyone that kind of either gets out of college or they're getting into college or they're doing that stuff, it's like they're just so bent on just getting an internship that pays or getting something that gives you immediate gratification or like immediate, like a monetary thing, as opposed to you actually, you know, getting there, putting the work in. You'll still be fine. You'll still get taken care of in other ways. And that's really just kind of how you got to kind of give it. And so, like you said, you know, getting back to those days is definitely what's going to. Going to definitely keep all this stuff going forward.
1: Yeah, man. Well, this is just a different generation. Like, these, Absolutely. these, you know, teenagers, youth coming up, like, young adults, they have big dreams and big aspirations. They want to go and achieve big things, but they don't really understand, like, what it takes to accomplish those things and the sacrifices that you have to make. Right. Like, they see professional players live in their dream, but they don't understand what they had to do to get there. And it's like you said, the immediate gratification. They want it now. And they're not willing to go through the struggle, the adversity to to reap those those rewards later. And it's like what you did put yourself in that position. You put yourself out there like you didn't have to do right. that. They didn't have to give you the opportunity, yeah. but also you didn't have to put yourself out there that way. But because you did and because you, you to were willing work, yeah. you were willing to just do the work and not necessarily reap the. Direct benefit right. from it immediately; mm-hmm. it's paid off in the long run,
0: for sure. And 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 just like you said, with the you know, said criminal justice and all that stuff, um, I do believe that you're right um, to a certain extent. Yes, there are kids, and there are people that you know, internship. How much am I going to make? You know, all this other stuff. That wasn't a discussion. You know, the yeah. fact that like, yeah. like, it was my. I actually, to be honest with you, when I was there. I was there for free with no internship for like two months. And then, you know, SMU, and went even to that
1: it. is an opportunity, right? Though, you know,
0: you know, you show up and you care and, and stuff like that. And, you know, you have, I, I knew that first team coach, you know, that helped, but, um, yeah, you don't stick around if you don't, you know, if you don't breathe it, if you don't want opportunity. So nowadays, sure. We, we do have, I think as technology has advanced in soccer and nutrition, is sports nutrition and all this other stuff, you know, um, you know, Messi—he's thirty-five. He just won the World Cup. You'll see he's the looking long- as good as ever, too. Yeah, by the way, you know, so he was looking lively in that tournament, man, for, which would su- surprise a lot of people. Yeah, and but I see that the longevity of our players and our youth players. There's a lot of more sports science that goes into it, and I think that that makes them feel that the actual hard work isn't required for some. There's obviously some that I know right now that that are extremely dedicated. They want opportunity, of course, but if they don't. Um, have the right people around them. Oftentimes you can get led into the wrong situation or the wrong club or the wrong you know, opportunity. And, and it's important to have coaches. I think also younger coaches that have experience to say, Hey, you know, well, I worked with this club and you know, this is usually the right way or, you know, stay away from this agent because this is the way this thing goes, you mm-hmm. know, and also how to deal with the stress of it too, because it's, we, we have come a long way with the Academy programs and stuff like that, but soccer's still growing. So we have to grow to scale with that. Mm -hmm. And if we don't, well, we lose so many opportunities. And that's why I'm excited about, you know, the NPSL, um, because it can offer opportunities if we, as GMs, as owners, as coaches, as advocates for, you know, soccer, make it a platform to give players opportunities at higher levels. Because some didn't play in college. Some didn't get to, you know, they didn't get to play clubs. So, you know, it's good to have this platform. To, to have a big mix, but we also have to take it seriously from every side of U.S. soccer as well. So um, shout out to that as well. Yeah, and it's, you know, definitely at that level, it's, it, it can provide a second
1: chance for a lot of those types of players that you're talking about because there are plenty of good players, and I, I mean, I've seen them, you've seen them, you've yeah. seen them, and, and I'm coaching some right now that I know they have the ability to go as far as they want to go but how far do they want to go and how far are they willing to push themselves? And so Diablo's other, you know, uh, uh, lower level professional teams, like there's so many of them out there now where it's like, it it can give those types of players a second chance to be like, Hey, do you really want this? Here it is. And if you want it, like now it's in your hands. No one else is going to do it for you. No one's going to hold your hand along the way. And like, you know, show you the way, you got to figure it out for yourself, and what are you going to do about it?
2: Yeah, and even just kind of obviously, since we're talking to you about Den Diablos, you know, plugging them as much as you can, but even like whenever I first, because I graduated probably like 2017, and when I first got back out of college, one of the things that I wanted to do was kind of like, I obviously wasn't ready to go USL or MLS or any of that, so I was trying to like struggle to kind of, yeah, well, yeah, so I was playing PDL like my last like two years, and that was kind of the level... And I thought, like, I could probably get to maybe the USO at some point. But whenever I got out of college, it's like I didn't really have kind of any teams in the area that, like, seemed like they'd be, like, like a good fit or anything like that. So I bounced around. Obviously, I was in, like, Cleburne for a bit. I was in Keene and some other places. And they weren't bad teams by any means. But just going back to obviously talking about the NPSL team where y'all are at and kind of what y'all are doing, I remember it was probably, like, two or three years maybe when I was out of college and I was already coaching with him and I was already super busy. And playing on a team like that didn't really seem feasible for me. And I was like, man, just seeing everything, like the level that you guys are at, like kind of uh, the, the professionalism around it. Yeah, it's like I, I really wish that that would have been there whenever I first got out of college, even when I was still in college, because that seems like just a good, like you said, a second chance. Or it's, hey, maybe this player went to a good Division two or a good Division three, but they're not quite there yet, but they're still dedicated. Yeah, they're still dedicated and they still want to maybe give it one last shot. And it's like that seems like a like a perfect environment to do it. Kind of like I'll set everything yeah, there, the there,
1: there will be a good mix of, like, young talent who didn't yeah, yeah. go play in college for their own, for their own personal reasons, yeah. but then also, like, high-level, like, college players coming back and, and even yeah, older, uh, like, mid-20s. We have international players yeah, that come and yeah. play
0: in our leagues. I mean, and at the same time, which is good, um, there's people that – couldn't even go to college because they had to feed their families. You know, they had they had kids, they had the parents to take care of. I mean, uh, quality quality players. I mean, I've seen I've seen many of them, and so I, I it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I graduated in two thousand twelve, and yeah, PDL DFW Tornadoes. You know, I played with them it. for a year, and that was yeah. yeah. You know, it was fun, but I mean, that was the only thing I think that was available at the time. So that t- I also think that ta- the talent pool with the less teams made those teams so like I would say. A lot better, a like, lot better. But it also cut out a lot of people, which would discourage them from, like, you know, pursuing. Like, okay, I can't make it here. But then, you know, you could develop at a lower level and then move up and stuff like that. So that's encouraging to see in U.S. soccer and in the paradigms that we have. But at the same time, um, I, I, I definitely think the grind. You know, back in our day, it's funny I say that now. Back, back in my day, <laughs> you know, I mean, like We're at that age now, I, I was literally. Doing two stopwatches at the same time to count possession yeah. for the team, yeah, for, yeah. you know, when I was at SMU, and how many times the ball go out of bounds, um, how much, you know, what, you know, all that stuff, and then now we have technology that does that for us, yeah, automatically, so, which makes coaching a new. You have to always adapt, adapt, mm-hmm. adapt, yeah. adapt. So that's the most important thing, and some coaches don't know how to.
2: So and that's why they need
0: these people in these internships and these young they
2: ones, they they kind know, of bringing they they in through, know, you know, getting the new blood in there. Showing them, you know, what the TikTok is, all that stuff, <laughs> that good stuff. But even like whenever we were coaching, it was that I forgot. I'm not gonna plug that random ass app, but it was that one that we would use, and we were first the like with our teams, meter, the soccer meter, bro. Soccer meter, bro. Still
1: use it sometimes. That's
2: good, man. Yeah. Instead of us just having to write that down, but yeah, play I mean, it now it's like you
1: got automatic cameras, like you know, where you don't even need a person to film it, and then you can just like we use Instat, you know, and, and we just send our film to Instat, and they within 24 hours have a full that was like just support.
0: coming out in 2016 I think yeah like, that was like a new thing yeah it's yeah.
1: it's 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 pretty detailed and and uh, very valuable for sure they announced some kind of partnership with huddle I'm not sure exactly how that's gonna work but I mean yeah there's options there you know the technology is out there that is going to uh, not only help coaches but players too and oh, and analyzing their own performances
0: and and one other thing I want to say about that too is this is that like you gave the shout to the internship. Yeah, no, that – it really also tests you. It tests you to see if you can handle yeah. the str- – because you won. You know, I mean, I've had a lot of coaching experiences, but it seems like the one you guys like is the Oscar and the Shells one, so I'll keep it to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you learn the psychology of the players. Di- f- first of all, they're different style coaches. So – and they – you learn kind of how the first team approaches things versus your academy mm-hmm. – and stuff, right. but when we played Chelsea, um, and with FC Dallas Academy at the Dallas Cup, you're going against players that are paid, and these these kids are signed academy players. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, and Jaime Barra, you know, was a goalkeeper, and he you know he, he broke his leg in the match. You know, um, he ended up being my sister coach at Mountain View. But um, you know, it, it was you, you you see things differently. You learn more of of, of a different game. There were some meetings that. It was, you know, you got to just make sure you be quiet. You take your notes. And, and uh, then the more trust you gain with the coaches, the more responsibility you have. Yeah. And the best part is, is when you see, because I, I was three years older than some of the players at the time. And on the academy side, you know, um, the respect level, the, their work rates, uh, they're, they're they're wanting to be there. So there was never an issue with that. And that's really good for players to see that because you see a lot of them did very well. From that era, and so that was also humbling to see now when I go and I see that some of them are playing in you know MLS or some of them are playing you know over here, some of them in the World Cup, you know, and you're just like, wow, man, that's really cool. But I think that more of those coaching internships and opportunities should be offered. But it's, but I will say this it is very difficult, it's just it took a lot of time, a lot of days, a lot of nights, a lot of um logistical work a lot of a uh, lot of trust you know a player got injured in one practice I had to go take him to the hospital um, and help you know with the forms and stuff like that Went from one of our academy practices and I had an exam at 8am the next day hmm. so like you know so I told Oscar, I was like you know I got, I got class at 8am but you know the kid was hurt and I'm not going to say his name Ricky Magia um, you know, but like, uh, yeah, no, know, he legit Ricky, broke his ankle. He yeah. worked for footy factory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ricky, it was yeah. Ricky. So yeah. like I went with him to the hospital and I got funny photos on my Facebook of it. Like me, like <laughs> trying to mess with him and stuff. Cause, but he legit broke his, I think ankle. Damn. So, uh, but we took him to the hospital, but I had an exam the next day at 8am and I had to go at 8am and take my exam. And we were at the ER until like two, two thirty 30 that day. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. So those things, they really help shape you too. Sure. Oh, for sure, man. And, and again, it's just, it's a testament to the type of
1: person you are, type of person I know I am, you know, are you willing to make that sacrifice for what you want in the long run in the end? You know, like you could have easily been like, nah, like I ain't got time for that. Like I got, I got to study, you know, I got to go home and study. Like you, I'm not getting paid. You guys figure that out. You know, like you could have easily done that. And obviously, you know, it's, easier said than done looking back on it Uh, eventually paid eventually was paid but yeah yeah (laughs) but you
0: had to earn that you had to (laughs) earn that you definitely had to earn it for sure but that was never for some reason it's crazy that was never my mind at the time was worrying about money or getting paid it was more like the team needs you yeah you're part of the team and you do whatever you can. but that's the point i'm
1: trying to make is like that mentality is not the same with with this like next like You know this gap of like teenagers through i would say even like early 20s players you know a lot of them don't have that like maturity to to put their own like personal motives aside for something that that the group needs and 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 also putting it aside for a long-term reward Mm -hmm. from it right because
2: yeah. I mean, we even talked about it. it's not necessarily the same exact lines but we were talking about kind of your team last year that someone needed to grow up remember how we pointed out the couple that were really fully bought in fully doing everything on and off the pitch type of thing it's back off. in the day yeah it's paying off but back in the day you wouldn't be counting the ones that did that because it'd be too many yeah nowadays you'd be counting the ones out that like the two or three that aren't and so I mean I think right. now it's all about I mean you obviously can recognize more so the ones that do it but I don't know, it's just weird. I mean, I think hopefully it gets back to it, but it's just, I don't know, it's
0: odd, isn't it? I got, I got, well, also, this is this is something that I think is super important. You also have to be inspiring to players. Sometimes sure. you have to unlock. I mean, the, you know, I've seen coaches. Oh my goodness, there's phrases that you take, you know, and and you you end up using their lines and you know all this stuff because it's so inspiring. Or, but I do believe that good coaches, especially our coaches, you know, our age, you know. Um, I do believe that a lot of players that say, okay, well, if, if my coach's ambitions is this high and my ambitions are this high, well, I like to play for that coach because you know, it's, you know, I, it's no secret. You, you say, okay, well, do you think I want to be here forever? Do you right. think I want to be in, you know, a high school team or, you know, club team or whatever team, right. Forever. So I think that it's also as for us coaches, you know, that are, you know, 40 and under, I would say that actually want to make a career out of it. You need to be inspiring enough yeah. to the players to unlock potential because that's part of it. I mean, it's like, look, I'm yeah. trying to get here. Exactly. Like, if exactly. if I don't
1: get you here, there's no way I'm going to get there exactly. either. Yeah. And, and, and and you're exactly right, man. It's like, you know, you, a player is not going to follow a coach who doesn't want to push themselves right. as far as they can possibly go, right. and and push their team as far as they can possibly go, and push those players as far as they could possibly go. Like if the players don't know that. Like you're really in it for them and want to see them reach their potential, right. their full potential. Yeah, they're probably and, not gonna.
0: And what's crazy about that is that that's more of the academy side to college side. It completely changes at the professional side. It's completely changes. Yeah. The mentality and the way they approach everything. Well, so. and and that's and that's the
1: difference between players that actually get to that level and the ones that don't it's like if you don't have that mentality no matter how much ability that you have you're not going to be you're not going to reach there that that level but when you get to that level i mean managing those types of motivation levels like that's not that's not an issue it's more of like the day-to-day like oh is he's having a bad day like let's figure out why that is you know let's try to bring more out of him on that day but like their overall goal and their overall commitment to reaching that goal is is consistent across the board like you wouldn't be at that level you wouldn't be in that environment if you didn't want to you know push yourself as far as you could possibly go. So what what are the ambitions for Denton Diablos? Like you know, it is a professional team, but it's a lower level professional team. So like, what kind of players are you after, and what is kind of the, um, like what are you selling to them as far as where they can take their experience with Diablos uh, forward?
0: So so with Denton Diablos, so it's an NPSL team, right? Um, I'm I'm gonna be very you know I'm transparent, and honest about it. You know, good, great, we won a national championship in twenty twenty one, but it's twenty twenty three now. Yeah. So, um, for the players that are returning, for the players that want to try out, for the players that have ambitions, they're going to come into an environment with the GM and a technical director who has nice friends who you quoted who said nice things about me. Um, you know, with the coaching staff, with with the back office that if we do what we need to do and follow a formula that I think we should follow and that ownership supports and you know, logistically, it's done correctly. We'll be competitive. Yeah. We'll be not only be competitive, we'll, we will have, you know, people looking at our players for the next level. I mean, I, I got off the phone with the coach of Costa Rica, you know, two nights ago. I mean, you, you have to also have a network as a coach, too, to be able to offer those opportunities, or as a GM, or as a technical director, to already say, hey, you know what? These players here, they're good. Can we offer, offer a pathway? Uh, we can. And, you know, we've had players go to MLS. So we've had players that go play professional overseas. But um, I think that, again, the ambitions of the club have to be reflected through um, the, either the coach, myself, the GM, and technical director. Um, I don't want our players to come and just chill, yeah. you know, or do that. It's like, okay, you know, I got college. This is my off season. I'm going to hang out. No, I want to win a national championship. And I also want some guys to get a look at playing pro because I want us to do well. So if we stick to a methodology and a tactical formula, we'll do very well. If we stick to understanding that, yes, we won a national title, but we are probably, arguably, in my opinion, one of the most competitive conferences there are, and understand that and understand that it's going to take a lot of sacrifice and hard work, we should be fine. You know, we're everyone's big game. You know, we get the star on top of our crest for a reason. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So last season, um, they finished fifth, I believe, in conference. They did so after winning the national championship. So I think it's kind of like when Tottenham had that hangover from going to the Champions League, you know. How many teams are in the conference? That that hangover has been lasting for a little while. Well, yeah, so. So <laughs> 2021, and then, like, they won the title, yeah. then they got fifth. And I think that there was a lot of things that changed, but also it's a lot. You know, they were a new club. They were not 10 years old. Yeah, yeah. They were a new club. So now it's a reset, right? Understand our potential, understand our opportunity, and we just have to get it done. You know, yeah. And I think we could do very well. And I think uh, cool guys like you, you know, putting us on platforms and, you know, Showing that we're a cool club helps us as well.
1: Uh, tremendously. It is a cool club. I like yeah. the logo. It's
0: a really, yeah. really cool club. <laughs> yeah. And all the shit
2: y'all got.
1: You gave us a nice little uh sure. Diablos pin yeah. that I will definitely uh
2: I like I like when you were talking find about find a nice place for. Oh, no, no, me too. I'm already thinking about where I'm going to put it. But just talking about how like you don't want players that come and just chilling from college and stuff like that and that's that's one thing that I think is really cool about just the whole I mean, honestly, it's kind of why I hung it up at a certain point is cuz I mean, I think it's so cool like at that level where it's like you're not getting paid you might be getting compensated a little bit you're either in school and you're working a side job or you have a full-time job you have a family doing this so it's almost like a level of uh, like when we love about college like I guess like football or basketball they're, they're like they're trying to get to the next level and it's the same thing in this it's like players are trying to get to the next level they're trying to kind of put their name out there and then just the I feel like the big challenge I mean I would assume from your standpoint is just constantly keeping that going constantly keeping that uh, like that, that wick lit. There we go. Nice one. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> <laughs> callback, yeah. callback. Yeah. But, no, just constantly keeping that going. No so pun you know, intended. But, obviously, getting getting your college kids in there, but then also getting your older players in there, getting the ones that maybe weren't in college, and just kind of always making sure you're getting, uh, you know, just the fresh ones in there, just kind of what you need to succeed. It's,
0: it's, it's 100% because – there are kids, you know, and I'm not saying that we don't want any college players. I mean, of course, we want college players. But, you know, there are some times you see players that, are like, I just want, you know, I just want to do fitness, you know, to stay in shape kind of thing. Yeah. And, oh, uh, man, you know, and that's okay. But, you know, um, we want players who want to win at the end of the day. And a lot of them will not be college players. A lot of them. We'll be. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we there's no shortage of good players, and I do there's believe There's not. There's not. I believe – I mean, dude, we're in North Texas. Like, seriously, this is a soccer hotbed. Yeah. So, we'll be putting we'll be Putting
1: a talented team together is not going to be an issue, but it's like you said, like, finding the players that have a professional mentality, you know, because that is kind of a an awkward, like, level to where it's, like, not fully professional, but it's also – it's a higher level than – than college probably i mean a lot of colleges oh, at yeah. least um and it's a higher level of course than like youth yeah. like ecnl or mls next like it's right in between to where you might get some of those players that like have the ability don't have the mentality or like you said like college players who you know have the ability have the mentality but then maybe won't treat this as seriously um but but then it's just about finding, like, a good mix of the players where they have the ability and they have the mentality. And that's going to go a long way for sure.
0: And, in, full, and in, all, all, in all honesty, I haven't met our players from last season. I haven't met, you know, any of those guys, not many of them. But um, that's just a generalization of what I see in, yeah. in, in the thing. But it is a unique position, you're right, because it's not, you know, top flight. It's not bottom flight. I mean, obviously, yes, we can beat.
2: To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss.
0: But um, you also have to have that mentality, professionals. But you also need a good coaching staff. You need a good front office staff. You also need to have, you know, the sponsors. You have to have a good community outreach. You have to have a good reputation with the community outreach. You have to, you know, build coalitions. You have to make sure your sponsors are there. You have to make sure that you know the fans turn out. You we need to create a culture that is also inspiring for the players. Mm -hmm. coaching staff is extremely important front office staff like the way you know that i look at it it doesn't matter if you're working the booth or if you're the coach or if you're the gm or you're the owner on game day every single person is equal everybody has a job to do everybody has a role this is your job don't step over your line this is what you do but it's still a family at the end of the day and so we have to build and build upon that culture and especially in denton you know the hispanic and latino community is growing um, tremendously as well. And they love soccer as well. And we're, that's a, you know, a community that I think that is excited for this season too. Yeah. So we have to make sure to, uh, you know, play, uh, you know, pass and play the ball, pass the passable, yeah. passable, all that stuff too.
1: So I'm sure like with your, your position right now, leading up to the season and really just being like, just starting in your role, that's going to be a big focus of yours is like building that community around the brand, around the club. So like, what, what are you guys doing right now to kind of build up some of that buzz?
0: Well, one, one is being on your show. So yeah. that's, that's one of it. Um, two, I mean, t- no, for example, Makes I, people famous, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it, to be completely transparent with you, you know, Denton County is, is, you know, I've did grow up in Denton County and all this other stuff. If you go there, it's, it's a real cool vibe. It's we're between TWU and UNT, but then, you know, you. You know, I went to go. Um, it's, a, it's a shop. It's called MB Tiny Shop, and the slave told me about this program called Goal, which is a nonprofit designed for the middle school and elementary school kiddos in the community that you know that can't play soccer necessarily at the higher levels financially or for whatever reason. But this is like legit middle school, elementary school soccer, and then it even feeds up to the high school system. So once I found out about that, I, I immediately, you know, shout out to you know. Jimmy and Jeremy Elder, you know, at Soccer Innovations, you know, I went and donated stuff to one of the soccer teams. I went out there and met with them. I mean, you get – because that inspires me. I went to a meeting, and there's 30, literally 30, 35 parents that are coaches, that are teachers having a weekly meeting for uh, Copa Familia, and um, I, I, they all on their own, volunteering their own time. You don't see that anymore. So I said, hi, you know, like, so, and we have a good relation. We've had a relationship with them previously, but I was like, this is a relationship we must invest more in, you know, because those kids, we are, we are the, the big team, you know? And so, you know, th- little things like that, um, going into the community outreach also, you know, making sure that, uh, we're communicating with our stakeholders and sponsors, you know, calling, um, players and coaches and, and, you know, letting them know, hey, do you have any talent? Well, who, who are you looking at? All that stuff. Connecting with the other conference GMs, um, learning a lot from them. They're really cool as well. Um, learning from ownership, you know, calling, you know, from your old coaches to, do, you know, a lot of stuff. But you have to do branding, you know. Social media is extremely important, but also it's extremely dangerous, you know. Um, so you have to be very careful about that because I've seen some some things online you know that are about teams or coaches or people that it was 100 percent inaccurate, but people don't have an interest in correcting it for probably Just for believe out, whatever they see. Yeah, they, or, or they're ignorant, you know, yeah. and then they and they want to stay that way as opposed to reporting facts. But so you have to deal with those things, and then you have to deal with the players. And so right now, for me, the number one thing is making sure that our fan engagement is there. It's also making sure we get the best team. We have tryouts on February 5th. Um, as our first trial date, getting coaching staff sorted out, which is extremely important, obviously, and we have so many things, but we're gonna get them done. But I do have a very good feeling about this season. I really, I really do, and um, I also have a very good feeling about the future of U.S. soccer as long as we um take advantage of the opportunities. If we don't, then you know. But I do have some good feelings of the future for sure. Yeah,
1: no, I do too, man. I, I think that like just the energy you bring is going to bring life to the club, you know. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how you put things together and and how the season progresses. Yeah.
2: And I like how you said uh, whenever you found out about that, I guess the local kind of organization Mm -hmm. for the – for Goal. When you found out about Goal, it's like your first thought – wasn't of obviously like oh like how can this help did diablos your first thought is how can i help this how can i do this how can i do this this? and i think that's truly the way that you help build a community and you help build a club where people do want to come help out people do want to do that they do want to support you you know is having that mindset like that like looking at it not from the standpoint of just how is this going to benefit the team that i'm going to work for how is this going to benefit you know these kids as a whole how's it going to benefit the sport oh yeah for sure how's it going to benefit all that growing up but but no, man. Even just kind of talking with you, you sound inspired. I'm excited to you know, see what how y'all get it going. Let's hear it. Let's okay. hear it.
0: So this, this is this is funny, and I'm, I'm I may not say the name. I'm, um, I You're gonna say it. I don't know. I don't want to. But so it was. <laughs> listen, listen. This is this is some straight true story. This happened about two weeks ago, or not two weeks ago, maybe a week ago, and I had a kidney stone. Okay. Mm, rough. Oh, terrible. I mean, I've been stressed out. I've had to do other things. I had a kidney stone. But that was the night of the goal parent meeting in Denton mm-hmm. that I was invited to. So, I, and it was at 630. So, I, I went really early that morning and, you know, passed stone. And it was, ugh. but um, I wasn't going to miss that meeting. So, I went to the meeting. And, um, you know, I sat there. And then there was a there was a kid who came out. He was outside of the front. And my, I was with my wife. And she... and. She noticed that, you know, I shook this hand. And sometimes when you're shaking hands with people, you don't stop to realize if someone's trying to talk to you or something like that, but you just cause you're shaking so many hands. So I go out front and this this young man he says, I want to show you a video. And he shows me this video of one of my former players vouching for him to come and work with us at the Diablos because he wanted to learn from me like I had in at FC Dallas, all the other stuff. And I just started so laughing. Le- it was a flex in front of my wife that yeah. I was like do you did you do you see this? Yeah. Do you see right now that this kiddo had to get I mean well I, like shout out to creativity. Then I found out that the guy saw me come in, the, the the young man who that stopped me at the end, and he texted my buddy, he was a you know former player of mine saying, Yo, can you like send like a recommendation for me to work? With? So I mean, shout out to that kid. That's like that that's that old school hustle you don't see. He press play, He's like Hey, coach, it's me. Bleep. You know, I just want to let you know my friend Bleep is really, you know, awesome. And he's a hard worker. And, you know, And I'm like, that's the kid. That's that's the type of hustle that wants opportunity. Absolutely. So um, I do believe he's going to be helping us this season. That's sure.
1: awesome, man. Everything comes full circle. Yeah. And it's like that yeah. that that story right there yeah. just perfectly sums up like your story, you yeah, know. Exactly. So that that's awesome to hear. Like, you, you know, your your drive, your. Your discipline and your the
0: energy you're gonna bring like is gonna go a long way for that but club. The, the creativity of that kid uh, to to you know to 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 you know, it's an hour meeting to send that text when I walked in, you know, like, dude, send me like something to you know like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, if he would have just came up to me and said he wanted an opportunity, I would have given it to him. Yeah. But shout out to the creativity to yeah, like man. you know get a video and in front of my wife flex, you know. <laughs> and like yeah.
2: Going out of your way to ask somebody to do that for you yeah, like, really yeah. shows how much you do want it. Because a lot of times we're too yeah. scared to be asking for like. And everyone's too else's scared, man. Yeah. Everybody's
1: too scared to take action and do something for themselves.
0: Yeah. And, and again, shout out to opportunities. Again, yep. you have to be very confident to give opportunities. I find that people who don't, I mean, sometimes it's like impossible, but there's, it's not impossible. You can always get someone to do something. So, and the best coaches, I know the best coaches I've you've quoted some, I mean, Jimmy Elder also said some great thing. Rusty Oglesby, you know, um, said some great things. He was a former GM too. And, and these guys, you know, um, they, they they always give opportunities, and that's why I think they produce people that are not only loyal but also will be successful in the long run. So this young man, he came up to me. Absolutely, I'll take him for yeah. sure. Cause, and he, already, he wants to be there because he he, he even says, that you don't you have to pay me a dime because don't pay me anything. I just want to learn. I want to be a coach one day. That's So awesome. what else can you ask for? You love know? that. Sign him up.
1: Yeah. Get that kid involved. Yeah. Well, I love it, man. Um that's pretty much all I got. Do you have anything, do you have anything, Evan?
2: Yeah, so I would just say, I guess, obviously, you know, we want to keep the focus on Denton Diablos and kind of like, obviously, your role with them. We don't know how long we're going to be there. I guess, do you have – because, I mean, obviously, if I talk with him, I mean, he'll of straightforward. He wants to, you know, coach the pro level one day. He wants to kind of do all this stuff. No doubt he will. Is your is your thought process kind of like, I'd, one day I'd really like to be kind of like a, like a GM or like a technical director at like an FC Dallas or an Austin or like is that kind of – I guess where
0: you want to end up? Maybe. I think I think that it's a pretty pointed question. Um, <laughs> I guess just, yeah, I no, know, it's yeah, okay, so you're I think that things change. Yeah, you know, yeah. things change as you get older, things change. The more experience, I mean, for what I love to be, you know, I mean, it's okay, imagine if someone says, "Okay, you can be the head coach of a USL one team or you can be the technical director of an MLS team." You know, so you have to make the decision at that time, you know, which one's better. I mean, which one do you want to do? So, um, of course, my ambitions, you know, to right now is to make sure that this team reflects the ambitions that I have for myself and for anybody who wants to. Like he said, you want to coach pro one day. You want to do that stuff. I'm sure every training session, you take it very seriously and you analyze and you also make sure that you learn as much as you can. You get involved. You network. You you do everything you can to get your foot in the door because – it's the most important thing. So for me, 10 years, I don't know. But one step I, at a time. One, yeah, one step at a time. And, you know, our website is Um, You know, we have a Facebook, we have an Instagram, we have Twitter, um, all the social media stuff. Um, it's going to be an exciting season. You know, check us out for 2023. Um, and we should have a really exciting year. So I appreciate you guys having me for real.
1: Absolutely. Any closing thoughts, Brad? Closing thoughts closing thoughts any message I'm that you not can send I mean I'm not I, with.
0: not one of the bottle but you know I think I'm a special one you know uh, I'm not <laughs> one of the bottle. I just had to say it my wife was like don't say things. I was like I, I try to explain to her the quote like what like what he meant at the time in Champions League you it know came, the broken english like, makes yeah. things sound a little bit it different it sounds so much yeah. better you yeah. know so closing thoughts no nah, I just you know um Support, you know, support the local teams around you. Support good people. Surround yourself by good people. And good things will happen. You know, opportunity will be there. And, and take the opportunity. And take the opportunity. Don't, like like, like like that kid, man. Honestly, you know, the one who showed me the video. I think that, you know, that tenacity I saw, he's going to be successful one day. Love you know, it. but he's young. So he's got a lot to learn. So For sure. we Got to start but, somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Well, awesome, Brad. Appreciate you, man.